Hi, it's Elizabeth Diakos here. I'm celebrating over 100 episodes of the Get Out of Teaching podcast, and the one you're about to listen to is one of the top 10 most downloaded episodes of all time. If you need support in your journey out of education, take a look at the Get Out of Teaching private membership community, where along with a heap of resources to support you, you'll get access to group coaching with me. Join a community of teachers who are ready right now to plan their exit. Find out how at www.getoutofteaching.com. Welcome to the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diakos. On the show, we'll look at the who, what, why, where, when and how of moving out of your education career and into a life you love. We'll meet ex-teachers, delve into what we love about teaching and how to translate that into something new. We'll talk to people who can support and inspire us as we make the transition and work on identifying the legacy we want to leave in the world. So come along for the ride as we get out of teaching. Episode one. So welcome to the Get Out of Teaching podcast. My name is not Elizabeth Diakos. My name is Brett Jarman. (laughs) I'm the executive producer of Experts on Air. And for this particular episode, this is episode one of the Get Out of Teaching podcast, I am going to be interviewing Elizabeth, and then I'll hand over the reins to her for the ongoing episodes. So uh, welcome to your podcast, Elizabeth. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> Thanks for hosting today. That's all right. My pleasure. It's, a, uh, it's always a, a joy for me to, uh, number one, to have new people launching on, on our podcast network, but also to, to dig into their story. It's like I love variety. And I get, mm. to, uh, get to find out so many things about fields that I've, I've got absolutely no knowledge about. So... Um, Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a joy for me. So your podcast is called Get Out of Teaching, and which yes. is pretty self-explanatory. So to so j- just very briefly explain what why it's called Get Out of Teaching and what it is that you do. Yeah, sure. So it's called Get Out of Teaching because uh, essentially I help teachers to get out of teaching if they want to transition from their education career into a new career. Uh, that's what I do. I'm a coach for for teachers who want to get out of teaching and um it's kind of like you know what's in the can is on the lid so that's why it's called get out of teaching fair enough it it amazes me all the all the different niches that have come out for uh in the coaching arena over the past 10 or 20 years Mm. and uh, yeah if you'd asked me 20 years ago there would be such a thing as a get out of teaching uh coach i would have thought you were nuts but um but now it's uh, the the way in which coaching has evolved all, all of these things have come up which is absolutely perfect so would I be right in presuming, Elizabeth, that you can talk about this because you've got out of teaching yourself? That's right. So I was a teacher. Uh, I was an art teacher in a primary school for around about seven years. And then I did some other work in the education sector, but not directly in school. So I worked a little bit at a university as a um, teaching undergrad students uh, about teaching the arts. And also I worked with uh, Teach for Australia as a as a coach, so I was in in classrooms helping the associates uh, who were working in schools to uh, manage their classroom environment, and um, you know, looking at the classroom dynamics play out, and to see how we could improve the academic outcomes of their students, but also for the teacher as well for their own well-being. Um, and that gave me a really great insight into what happens in schools when I wasn't the person in the midst of it. You know, I was sort of one step back able to watch on and see the dynamics play out. And for me, that was fascinating, but it also made me realize 
you know, this is a really stressful job and people bring everything to the table and sometimes it's just, you know, not enough or it's, it just gets to the point where they, they can't continue along that trajectory without something needing to change. Got it. Got it. So, um, uh, so, so you talked about bringing everything to the table. We'll, we'll talk about your path out of teaching in, mm. in a moment, but I just want to cover your actual teaching journey first. And, and I read uh, a LinkedIn post of yours. You said something which I thought was quite beautiful. You carry your students in your head and your heart. And mm. that kind of backs up what you're saying about bringing everything to the table. So what got you into teaching? And tell us a little bit about, about your own teaching journey. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, uh, I guess I, I got into teaching in part because my children have big feet. So, as you we do, have, <laughs> we have five children. At the start of every school year, we were buying them school uniforms and all the rest. And I said to my husband, "I think I need to have a career. <laughs> I can't just raise babies for the rest <laughs> of my life." And so, um, I actually, I actually went and studied fine art. So I already had an undergrad degree before that, from before that. But I went and studied fine art and did printmaking at, at uh, VCA which I really loved. Um, and I came out of that thinking, I think my ideal job would be an art teacher in a primary school because you get to see the kids in their, their wonder and the awe at the, the world and the way the world works. And you help them to, you know, create artwork that, that brings out their own sort of their own understanding of the world or their observations of the world and express themselves in that way. And so I was so excited to, to be able to do that. So I actually, finished my art degree, did a teaching qualification. And on the last day of that, when everyone else went off to the pub, I took my resume up to a local primary school and, and, um, and, and arranged to have an interview. So I was like, so keen. Good I for really you. I wanted to get started. Good for you. And that that shows a lot of patience. Yeah. Well, yeah, it did take a while to get all that to happen, but, but the, the benefit of that was, um, it really fitted in with the family, obviously, because, you know, school holidays and all that, but it was more than that for me. I was able to share what I knew from raising my own children with my students. They, you know, when the Scooby craze was on, remember that they used to thread those little plastic sort of string things and make uh, like, like little key rings and things out of them. Like agree, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was a big thing. Anyway, I knew all about them because my kids were right into that. Right. So they were just, you know. Was, it, was that before it. iPads? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it was before iPads. Okay. There's probably an <laughs> app for that now. It wasn't that long ago, you know. Um, anyway, so, yeah, my kids were into that. I would see my students where my kids were playing basketball. I'd go to the shops and my, kids, my students would be there. So I really became part of that community. Right. And so what, what made you decide to get out of teaching? It sounds like it was yeah. a source of joy for you, but uh, but at what point it, it, did it stop being joyful? Yeah, yeah. So it was a source of joy for a long time. Um, but I think part of what I began to realise was that I would do things out of generosity. So, for instance, I ran an after-school music program. I founded that at the school where I was working. Um, I loved it. I'd have all the little, you know, the kids would come in after school and they'd play their instruments and everything. But... No, and this was not really the school's fault. This was more of a someone in the department embezzled some money, and so they cracked down on anyone taking money for anything that didn't go back to the people who paid the money. So we were taking money from the students, like you know, six dollars a week to come to this music class after school, and I was 
putting that back into the art budget. And so um, what happened was because of this thing that was external to the school, the whole Department of Education cracked down on any kind of money changing hands. And so then we had to allocate that just to those few students and not support the whole art budget. And, And that was a huge blow for us because we weren't being paid this, we were using the school premises to, to run the class, but the lovely thing was we got to bolster the budget for the entire school. Right. And it meant that we could, you know, we had a kiln and we were able to buy glaze for the clay and all this stuff that we used that money for. And then suddenly we weren't able to do that anymore. So there became just constant. It was more like death by a thousand cuts, you know. There right. were little things all the time, extra expectations, you need to do this when I was doing it out of the goodness of my heart. And then suddenly it became part of my job description. Right. So there was always something like that going on. And over time, it just got to the point where, you know, I was, I'd wake up in the morning and I would sort of hesitate to put my feet on the ground because I didn't want to go to work anymore. Right. So how much of that relates to the career choice or, and how much of it do you put down to the actual job? Like, was it an option for you to, <laughs> find a job at another school, for example. Yeah, so so because I had also just serendipitously had the opportunity to work with Teacher Australia, I actually saw a lot of other schools um, and I also did some relief teaching as well in other schools. So I have actually worked probably as a coach and also as a teacher maybe in about 15 to 20 other schools and I started to see the same things playing out, you know, the politics in the staff room, the unrealistic expectations, the narky emails, the the parents complaining to the principal, all those things were happening everywhere. And in fact, because I'm in a whole lot of teacher groups on Facebook now, I can see that those things are actually playing out worldwide, not just in Australia. So it became really clear to me that for me, because I was sort of losing my passion for it and I could see that in order to do that job well, you really do need to be passionate. I felt anyway that I I couldn't just show up half-heartedly at work and teach children. I just didn't, it just, it didn't feel right to me. It felt inauthentic to go to school and and teach and wish I was somewhere else. Right. You know? And and so, so when you did decide to leave, what what was your thought process and your conclusion in so far as okay where to next like what what, what shall I try next? Oh yeah, teaching? so you know how they have those pictures like a, a tangle of wool or something. That's what yes. my thought process was like. It was very uh, sort of loopy, you know. It wasn't a straight path. Um, so on my way, as I started to think about what I could do to to exit, I did a master of applied positive psychology at Melbourne Uni. Where I found my tribe. I really loved that. And um, that, that sort of opened me up to positive psychology and the, just all of the research around that, about grit and determination and vulnerability and you name it, it's in there. So I really enjoyed that study. Um, in that course, we did a little bit of coaching. Just a, we had a small project to do where we worked with an undergrad student and I just loved it. And I had another colleague who really loved it as well. And she said to me, why don't we go and do some more coaching? Like go and learn how to do this properly. So she did some research, got us on board so that we both went off to Swinburne together 
and did, um, it was four units. So it was a postgraduate uh, qualification in coaching. And that was really actually quite hard work. Um, a lot of, you know, intensive coaching conversations. The, the lecturer would listen in on them and give us feedback and we had to coach each other and it was, you know, a lot of practice. Um, when I finished doing that, that was around the time that I decided to leave. So I had this really hard conversation with my husband about, you know, I don't want to go back. Um, and he said, okay. And so then I just started um, practicing coaching on anyone who'd let me um, until I was able to sort of start to grow this, what I'm doing now. Right. It's fascinating. So what, um, what was your biggest fear about leaving teaching and how did you overcome that? Mm. Oh, there were so many things. I mean, part of it was more, not so much fear as grief that I oh, wow. devoted all this time and energy into something that I, you know, I thought I would love it. I thought, I thought this is it. This is going to be my, my career for the rest of my life. And, you know, like I said to you at the start of this conversation, I thought it was going to be my dream job to be an art teacher in a primary school. I couldn't think of anything better. Mm -hmm. And so there was grief around that. Um, there was grief at the waste of time and money and study and the hex debt and, you know, the, the student loan debt. Um, but what was the question? <laughs> uh, the question was, uh, what was your biggest fear about leaving teaching and how did yeah, you overcome it? Yeah. So my fear probably was really, we finally uh, starting to get established financially. I'm on earning pretty good money. And I'm going to now put the burden back onto my husband to pick up the reins again and be the sole breadwinner while I, you know, find my feet as a coach. So that was probably the biggest fear. Right. But he, and he actually said, just do it because I'm sick of you whining about your job and being <laughs> miserable. So just go do it. Right. So did you overcome the fear as such or did you just learn to live with it? Yeah, I, I think I think I just I think I just had to live with it and I had to keep sort of pushing, you know, like even now, I mean I still there are days when I think, Oh, did I should I just go back and do a day of relief teaching, you know, maybe right. I but but then I remind myself that this is actually that what I'm doing now still allows me to be creative yeah. in a different way. And so I'm fulfilling that need for, for myself and that my desire to sort of share that with the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm, I just, I just keep pushing. Right. Okay. Mm. So at the time that you left teaching, mm. uh, I don't know if there were other people doing uh, coaching teachers, how to get out of teaching, but how much of a difference would it have made for you if you'd had a coach through that process, do you think? Oh my gosh, it would have been so good. If I had been doing what I'm doing now, I would have hired myself. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's a good I, endorsement. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, there wasn't anyone. There, there, I did take my resume to an HR person, a friend mm -hmm. of a friend, and she looked over it and helped me tweak that. I went to a career coach, um, but I don't think anyone really understood, firstly, what my skill set was as a teacher and how what a broad range of skills I had developed in that time as, a, as working as a teacher, but also they didn't get what it was like to leave something which was almost like a calling, yeah. you know? So I'd had to walk away from 
this thing that I was really passionate about and I'd really loved. And, and like I said before, the grief of that mm. and also the fear that maybe this is all I can do. And so, yeah, there were, there was sort of oh, so wow. many things at play. And I, I talk to a lot of teachers who say, I just don't know what else I can do. And if you could help me work that out, I would be so relieved. Right. So there's okay. this real sort of sense of they're just not sure what's next. Got it. So, um, so things have changed since, since you and I were a child, Elizabeth. Like back when we left school, a career was a career and you were pretty much in it for life. And, and that would have been especially so for teachers. Mm. Whereas nowadays, like most people, they go through four or five different careers. Yeah. Have teachers been, is that, are teachers sort of adopting that mode more now? Or are they getting out of teaching simply because, yeah. So are they getting out of teaching because it's run its course and it's time to try something else? Or are they getting yeah. out just because it's, it's too hard? Yeah. So I think, well, first of all, a, quite a number of teachers have gone from school to university back to school. So they've actually been in those institutions right. and for their entire, you know, sort of sentient lifespan, like while they sort of were, you know, conscious, uh, they've been in some kind of institution. So they're used to that environment where everything is like dictated and structured and, you know, you're told when you can eat and drink and go to the toilet and all those things. Yeah. So for some teachers, that's a reality. And so then that's really hard to imagine a different, you know, something doing something different. But I think a lot of teachers, the motivation to for the ones who want to leave, the motivation is really about the pressure of the workload. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they they they're desperate to get out, and they're they're overwhelmed, they're burnt out, they're exhausted, and they're but they're also terrified because they don't know what what they could do, and they don't know how they can replace their income. Got it. Fair enough. So if so if someone's working with you, I presume there's, there's, a, there's more to it than just you being a cheerleader and say, come on, come on, you can do it. Like, is there a structure? Is there a, um, a framework that you work with someone to, to sort of help them with that transition? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So well, the cheerleading aspect is actually quite important because often the, the, the fear is, you know, I can't do this on my own. And so if you know that there's someone there who's got your, got your back, that actually really does help. Um, but there's definitely a structure. So when I first meet with someone, uh, after we have our clarity call, which is really about a, you know, a conversation to determine whether or not um, we would be a good fit to work together, but also it's, it's about helping them to really get a clear picture of their current situation. Often I'll get off that call and the, the, you know, the person I've just spoken to will say, you know what, I'm not ready to leave yet. I can't leave for another year or two because right. I really need this income or I'm actually, I feel like I haven't exhausted the possibilities of this job yet. I want to try another school or another district or whatever. And so I go, great, you know, you know where I, where I am. If you come back to me, if you still want to talk right. again in the future, but for the people who've really decided they want to get out, after that first conversation, I would, and if they decide they want to work with me beyond that, that day, we would, I would send them some pre-work. Um, part of that is looking at their character strengths. Part of that is also looking at their priorities for their life. So we really start to um, dig deep into what makes them tick and, and sort of, you know, rounding out, like, what do you want your whole life to look like? So right. what I do is not just help people find a new job you can go to a recruiter for that. 
this is something different. What we're right. doing is actually working out what is the life that you want to create for yourself and, what, and how can we find work that actually aligns with that and supports that rather than, you know, see, a lot of people think that they, they, they go to work to support the job, but I'm saying, no, it's actually the other way around. The job should be supporting you in creating the life that you want to live. Got it. That's perfect. So, uh, so just to reiterate for those who are, who are listening, if someone gets on a call with you, it's not so that you can bully them into getting out of teaching. It's so that you can uh, work with them to work out whether getting out of teaching is the right path for them or not, or whether there's something else that they can do to, uh, yeah. to, to adjust to their environment, so to speak. Mm, yeah. And if they are going to get out, that, that it's more than just, find a job and then move on because uh, you know, that can be, that can be a bit of a lottery in itself really, can't it? Yeah, that's right. And, and look, I've had clients who said, Oh, this is, this is the path I want to take, you know, yeah. path A, we work on that for a while and then they go, actually, you know what, that's not right for me. I'm going to do something different. And so um, one of the really wonderful things is saying, don't consider that failure. Just go, I'm going to reset that goal. So right. we just reset and make create a new goal okay we're going to try path b now but okay. i work with them for long enough so it's a six-month program that i'm offering yeah. so that they've got time to test their options and to see what's going to work and the other thing that we do is if they're still staying in teaching while they plan out their exit strategy i also support them in just managing their current position so help them right. with classroom management strategies, help them with managing the workload, help them with managing their mindset so that they actually actually go out well when they do yeah. leave. Right. And that, I think that's really important that you don't, like I feel Good like point. I limped out like a wounded animal, you know, like Got I it. just dragged myself out and I was kind of bedraggled at the end, right. whereas I really want to help people leave well and leave with a sense of achievement for what they've, they've managed to, um, you know, achieve in their career. Fair enough. Yeah. That, that's an important distinction. You want to work out, walk out with your head, have high rather, exactly. than, rather than crawling like a wounded animal, as you say. Mm. Good. Mm. So, so Elizabeth, you mentioned um, teachers in other countries before, and I know you work with teachers in other countries. Mm. What, if anything, have you noticed is different about the, uh, about the, um, the struggles they have for want of a better word? And what, what's, the, what's the same about the struggles between countries? Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, I have a, a few clients in the US and what I've noticed is across the states, there is huge paid disparity. So okay. I've talked to people who are on, you know, 25 or 30,000 a year and others who are on 120 US dollars. Right. So that's, you know, the difference is that some of the people who say like, I want to travel or something, they literally can't even afford to go and buy a passport. <laughs> and, and then there are the others who much, have a much higher cost of living, but are right. actually like players on the world stage, financially, I mean. Yeah. Um, so there's those, those differences. Um, I think that that's what I've noticed, particularly with the US. There's a bit of that here in Australia, but it's not as marked. Um, so one of the things is then that means that in some cases, if people are living hand to mouth, they're really not in a position to leave their job until they've mm -hmm. got something else worked out. 
and they may not even be in a position to pay to get some help. So, right. you know, if you're literally, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. that makes it really difficult. And there, I've talked to people who just say, I really, I can't, I can't work with you because yeah. I can't even buy groceries. Got and it. I'm like, okay, well, that makes it really hard. So yeah. in that case, when I talk to someone like that, I will say to them, okay, I just want you to start doing something differently every week, like try a new thing, do, go, well, go a different way to work. Just do something different because making those changes are what creates yeah. opportunities. So if sure. you're in a situation where you can't you know, move forward, you have to do something different because what you've always done has got you to where you are now. Right. So in order to go somewhere else, you have to change that behaviour. Right. Um, and, and if I remember rightly, you also you have a Facebook group that people can join where they can, which is a community, I guess, of, of others. Yeah, that's right. I've got a, a fantastic community of around about, at the time this is being recorded, it's about 2,000 people right. all want to get out of teaching. Yeah. Um, it's a really supportive community. People share resources in there. They ask questions. I am active in that group, so I try to get in and answer people's questions, help them. Um, I sometimes I'll offer them a clarity call if that is appropriate. So I'm really, um, you know, trying to foster a community. One of the main things people say when they join that group is thank you for providing a safe space for us because they feel like there are other groups where they can't really speak freely because their colleagues might be in there or their boss might be in there. Right. But in that space, they feel safe to speak freely. Right. Oh, that's good. That's important. Mm. Very good. So, um, so Elizabeth, obviously the, uh, the podcast is a, is a new resource that you're, mm. you're, you're sort of putting out there for your community. What, what do you hope to achieve with it? I think for me, the, the thing that I really want to do is allow people to tell their stories. So I, I want to connect with teachers who would like to share their story of their transition out of education into something new. And I think part of the problem with, with a lot of teachers who want to leave but don't is that they think it's not possible. Right. And so I want, it, I want those stories of the people who did make it possible to, to be told, you know, so to share those stories. Right. And just something else you, you mentioned earlier, Brett, um, sometimes people don't want to leave not because um, not so much, you know, because they're afraid but just because of the, financial side of it that that often they if, if they are in a good income they're like golden handcuffs you know they they're keeping them in the job when really they'd like to leave right. and so that's something that we we try and address too because sometimes the pay cut is worth it yeah to get to get out and have that peace of mind and and sometimes that's a really hard uh a really hard transition to make in your mind that it's going to be okay yeah that, you know, there'll be other benefits to getting out that aren't covered by financial security. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And, and there are countless, and this obviously isn't just a teaching thing, but there are countless mm. stories of people who uh, have had a uh, had an income sacrifice of some sort, but but because it comes with less stress, they, they end up being so much happier because of yes. it. Yes, um, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, but of course, naturally, you would explore opportunities where they can either maintain income or, or increase it. But, um, Absolutely, But at the yes. end of the day, it's, it's a balancing yeah. act, of course. Mm. Good eye. Well, sometimes Good eye. that's not always the priority either. Sometimes money isn't the priority for Exactly, someone. yeah. Mm. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, well, I'm, I'm really excited for, for, for this, Elizabeth. Um, yeah, up until a couple of months ago, I didn't know there was such a thing as a, as a, as a coach who helps teachers get out of teaching, but I, I can see now you know, through, through, through my interactions with you, just how important it is and how it's easy for the rest of us to simplify it. Oh, just get another job and go get it and, mm. and, and leave. But there's more to it than that. Like the whole grief thing, um, it's easier for someone to leave a to, to leave a career or a job that's less important to them. But for teachers, as you say, they do put their their head and their heart into a role. So there's a there's yeah. a bit of extra extra nurturing, and I'm so glad that that you're there to help them through that path. You've got your podcast and your your Facebook group. So so we'll just give people a, a little call to action. So um, I guess the best place to send people would be larksong.com.au forward slash podcast. They go there, that's where they'll find the podcast, their subscription options, so they can get some more of those stories that, uh, that you're promising that are coming down the track. And also there's a link to the Facebook group, as I recall, yeah? Yes, that's right. So right. I'll, I'll put that on there as well. And no doubt on the site there somewhere they can uh, book one of those clarity calls that you were talking about. And uh, Absolutely, you, there's a button for that too. Okay. <laughs> Um, and and that, the Clarity call is free, is that right? Yeah, that's right. A 90-minute okay. call, so it's quite long, but it, it's enough time to really dig down deep into your current situation and wow. then to look at what you really want from your future. Right. And uh, I've tried to do it in less time than that, but that's how long it takes. Okay. So. Yeah, well, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a really generous investment from you. Yeah. And, uh, and, again, that shows your commitment to, to the people that you want to work with. So any closing comments from you, Elizabeth, before we wrap this up? Oh, look, I think if someone wants to talk to me about about getting out of teaching, um, there's lots of different ways to find me. I definitely come up on Google. But um, if you're afraid to do it and there's something holding you back, I really invite you to come and have a clarity call with me because that can often be the catalyst for making that positive change in your life. And for me, what I get out of it is I get to help people co like co-create with people a positive future. And so I get to be the art teacher in a different way, which is sculpting lives instead of clay. Oh, wow. and, I, and I love that. That's a beautiful way to look at it. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so thank you again, Elizabeth, and, uh, and welcome again to the Experts on Air podcast network. Glad to have you on board and uh, excited about what's coming ahead. Thanks. Thanks. Brett. You've been listening to the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises with your host, Elizabeth Diakos. Do you know someone else who could benefit from hearing more stories of hope and transition from teachers all around the world? Please take a moment to share this and other episodes via your podcast app. Each share helps me reach listeners just like you who can benefit from this content. The Get Out of Teaching podcast is proud to be part of the Experts on Air podcast network. For show notes and other resources, please visit larksong.com.au forward slash podcast.